With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. In this league presents the NFL Draft Prospect Podcast. You like that? You like that? In this war room. Hug it. Chug it. Football. Here's your host, Scott Bogman. Welcome back to the War Room, everybody. I'm your host, Scott Bogman. Follow me on the Twitter, at Bogman Sports. And I am joined by the guillotine champion of ITL, uh, CK. Follow him on Twitter, at C-O-P-I-E-P-S. Co-peeps, co-pipes, however you want to say it. Uh, it is CK. We are here to talk running backs today. I'm so excited. How is your Christmas? Uh, how are you enjoying these bowl games? We just watched the end of an amazing holiday bowl. Uh, the holiday bowl, right? Between the uh, Razorbacks and the Jayhawks. Uh, fun, fun game to watch. So got to be enjoying all those bowls, right? It's the best week of the year, man. You wake up, <laughs> you, you get your coffee. This is a Liberty Bowl, actually. But you wake up, Liberty you get your bowl. coffee or whatever you're eating for breakfast. And by the time it's going football from like 10 in the morning till t- time you go to bed. I love it, dude. Yeah, it, it's just it's just a great uh, time of the year for sure. Bowl mm-hmm. season, uh, football on constantly all the time. And like I said, today up on the show, we are going to be uh, talking running backs. Uh, but before we get there, we've got some guys declaring for the draft. Then we're going to talk RBs. Who's going to need an RB at least right now? Obviously, that will change with free agency and all that stuff. Um, and then, um, you know, who to watch for in the rest of these bowl games. There's a lot to cover on the show today. So uh, remember, check out InThisLeague.com for our Patreon uh, we got group me rooms, we got rankings, we got all kinds of great stuff over there. So please just check that out if you would. But CK, let's burn through these guys that have declared for the draft. And uh, who are the big ones? Uh, let, let's start there. Uh, Noah Sewell is a linebacker for Oregon. He's uh, probably, the, I think he's my third rated linebacker right now. Probably a day two pick. Linebacker kind of devalued like running back over the years right. just because it's not as important as it used to be. A lot of teams don't even play three linebackers. They play two now. Nico Remigio is a wide receiver for Fresno State, probably a late day three guy. Last week, we mentioned in the bowl that Baylor was going to play. I mentioned Siaki Aika as a player to watch. Then he opted out because he decided to go play in the NFL instead. But big defensive tackle. Byron Young's a fun edge from Tennessee. This is an extremely deep edge class. We're going to talk defense in a couple weeks. This is an extremely deep edge class. Byron Young probably is going to fall to a day two pick, but he's really good. Uh, we had some running backs we'll talk about later here. Chase Brown or Sean Johnson, Dwayne McBride. We'll talk about all those guys today. Yeah. Jaron Hall, who we talked about last week, and Jay Kaner, who we talked about last week, quarterbacks from BYU and Fresno State, both officially declared to the NFL draft. 
Why Brent's, not Jaron Hall? You can see the, all that success Zach Wilson has. That's right, man. So. Hey, follow, <laughs> follow in those footsteps and get paid just like Zach Wilson will. That's right. Until, until he's not. <laughs> Brenton Strange, the tight end from Penn State. Uh, probably kind of like he's not Pat Fryermuth, who's really good, but Penn State has kind of been tight end you behind Iowa for a while. They have a lot of good tight ends too. And he's another one who'll probably be better in the NFL than he was in college. And then just hours before we recorded after say or before we started recording. But after saying that he was going to go back to school, Kayshawn Boutte flipped and decided that he is going to go to the NFL draft. And it's a big one. We'll talk about him. We're doing receivers next week. So we'll talk about him and probably pretty early because yeah. I didn't mention him when we just did the, you know, 15 prospects to know or whatever in our first episode, because we thought he was going back, but otherwise he would have been mentioned because he's a, he's a good one. Yeah. He's a talent for sure. Obviously uh, that, you know, if you follow LSU and uh, kind of the dramatic stuff that's been happening, with him off the field, there's, you know, I hate that it's news, but he's taken down all the LSU stuff on his Twitter and Instagram and all whatever nonsense that is a bunch of times. He's just been frustrating. So, uh, you know, there might be an attitude issue. That's going to be the 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 talk on his way up. Um, but if he blows the combine away, no one's going to worry about that because the, the um uh, the highlights are outstanding. He is definitely uh, one of the best wide receivers in the country and uh, going to go very, very early in the draft, if not in the first round, easily early day two. Yeah. So um, wide receiver. he will be a very high pick. LSU's kind of becoming wide receiver you too, like Jamar Chase and Justin <laughs> Jefferson just keep showing out here. And Keishon Boutte was that freshman year was the year that Jamar Chase opted out and he just stepped in and looked every bit as good. So man, if we could just get Terrace Marshall a quarterback. You know, I still believe be in Terrence Marshall too. too. Me I too. still believe so. We'll Size see. and speed, man. Size yeah, and man. speed. He's got it. So, um, well, look, uh, enough chit chatting, right? Let's get to uh, let's get to running backs and let's, um, let's start with the first one. Who should be the first pick in this draft? The best <laughs> player on planet Earth, Bijan Robinson, my man from Texas. I am so excited to watch him on Sundays. I am also so nervous that the Ravens or Bengals will take him because I know the Steelers aren't because we just spent a first round pick on Najee a couple years ago. So Bijan will most likely not be, uh, you know, uh, in our range here. So I w look, if they took Bijan, I would not be against it at all. So uh, I, I would be doing kick flips and stuff in the middle of uh, us, you know, uh, broadcasting the NFL draft. So it would be great entertainment. You know what? Welsh wants me to dance. I'd dance. So um, <laughs> finally, uh, if that happened, obviously mark you know, it down, uh, people mark it down, you right, right, it write first. it down, but it, it, it ain't going to happen. So, but, uh, look, I have described Bichon as Le'Veon Bell with speed. He's a patient runner, uh, at the line. Then he hits the hole and just flies through. I mean, he has a second and a third gear, not just that he's big enough to run over people. He's shifty enough to run past them. And if you split him out wide, he is an amazing wide receiver, too. He can go up and get a 50-50 ball. He runs crisp routes. Uh, there's really not a ton of downside to him. So I am super excited about him. He is the best running back um, uh, prospect since uh, Saquon. And I think that's just like, that's not me saying that. That's just a general thought process in terms of running backs. There have been a lot of good ones, but he's the best one since Saquon uh, coming out of college. So um, I, I'll do, that's my gushing. I'm going to put it down. Uh, for a second, so please, uh, CK, uh, tell me if I'm right or wrong, but I know what you're gonna say, and I'm excited. Yeah, about you're it. you know me, you're you're right, dude. Like, 
best running back prospect since what Saquon. And I think he's probably a little bit more polished than Saquon was coming out. Yep. The you watch him and he just he just moves so easily. He he eats up space, he finds open space, and then he makes people miss. Nobody once he hits the open in open field at his size, nobody can catch him. He's not small, he's a big dude too, and he just he still runs away from people. I said, there's some of these guys we're going to talk about where you're going to need to make sure that it's a scheme fit, like outside zone, power running. It doesn't matter. Bijan Robinson, it won't matter where, where he's drafted to. He's going to be the bell cow back day one. Like he should not split carries. He should get 15 to 20 touches a week. And I say touches because you said it. Like if you're going to yeah. take a wide receiver in the first round now, they have to be able to split out wide almost. I think it's almost a, a requirement yeah. at this place that you have to be able to split out into the flat or into the slot out wide and and take advantage of that matchup and Bijan can do it. Uh, it's a big projection. I get it. But if you told me that Bijan Robinson has a 2000 yard total season within the first three, four years, I'd say, yeah, like, I think that's very possible for him. Especially when you add the extra game, you know, oh, and yeah. uh, ju just know that it's, it's, uh, you know, He's incredible. He is really one of my favorite all-time Texas players, and I have a lot, obviously, watching Texas for almost 40 years now. You know, um, yeah, they they have a lot of good players, and he's absolutely one of my favorite. Also, I have a personal connection to him. I know his uncle uh, very well, so uh, we were cool. buddies in high school. So, um, you know, uh, it, it, the personal connection, I've never met him or anything, but uh, I've heard stories about him before he was in high school when his uncle was coaching him in middle school. And uh, giving him advice and all that stuff because his uncle got recruited by USC and some big colleges too before he got hurt. So um, just uh, outstanding young man, uh, Doke Walker winner, everything like that. Uh, best running back in the country. And look, there's other great running backs here. Bijan is the best by a lot, but Jameer Gibbs is great. And I think he might be kind of in a tier of his own as well. I don't know if you put uh, anyone up with him, but he is like almost assuredly going to be the second guy picked as of now, obviously the combine and everything might change that, but I think it's Bijan early. And then, you know, uh, maybe we get Jameer Gibbs, uh, early day two. So, uh, I like him a lot too. Another guy that is, um, you know, able to split out and maybe actually better at that than running the ball. I mean, he is great. Uh, receiving the ball and running routes and things like that. So uh, tell us about Jameer Gibbs. Guy spent some time at Georgia Tech and then flipped over to Bama to get paid. So working out for him very well. Yeah, and it's, that's he showed that he can be an SEC back too. But at Georgia Tech, he showed, you know, everybody watches him at Georgia Tech and it didn't it didn't matter. He's still picking up big chunks of yards at Georgia or at Alabama, excuse me. He he goes in and he's just a, he doesn't, they didn't even use him some games when the, like the blowouts, they're like, we'll save him for the games they needed him. And he actually added to his yards per carry over six yards per carry last year. But yeah, he's, he's a weapon. He's more of a weapon than I would even say running back. Now he's very good running back too. Don't get me wrong, but he, he can split out and he can run the full route tree. Like these, both him and Bijan can do that where it's not just we're running out, we're running a quick slant or a, a comeback and five yards of line of scrimmage. Like you can run Jameer Gibbs down the field if you want to, and he can get open and he can, he catches the ball with his hands. He just, he's very, very smooth at the, at the break. I think the difference is Bijan's bigger. And I said, Bijan can, he can be a power back if you really want him to. Like he can run between the tackles and he can pick up five, six yard chunks in that way. Jameer Gibbs isn't, you don't want to do that with Jameer Gibbs. I don't think he's big enough that you want to consistently just say, okay, Jameer Gibbs, we need three yards down here by the goal line, lower your head and get it. He, he could do it, but I don't want to do that with him necessarily. I want to get him touches an open field. Like, I've always said like Elvin Kamara, right? Like that's who he looks like. He runs like Elvin Kamara. You don't want Elvin Kamara pounding the rock 
for years, they would always have Mark Ingram there or Latavius Murray to take those touches from him. But if it wasn't for Bijan Robinson, like Jameer Gibbs is a better prospect than Clyde Edwards Alaire was. And he went the back end of the back half of the first round. Like it's possible. That's probably why Jameer Gibbs won't go in the first round. (laughs) That's probably true. That is probably true. Actually, it's because of Clyde Edwards Alaire. But uh, yeah, I mean, he's going to get a really good player day two then with Jameer Gibbs. I was thought like how tall is he? Is Gibbs? Do you think? Um, what's he I listed have him at? Down what? on my spreadsheet at five eleven and two hundred on my spreadsheet. So he's probably going to come in at what you know five ten, five, 10 and a qu- half probably yeah, five ten something like that. So I always kind of thought you know I think Kamara is a great um, is a great uh, comparison. I like maybe a little bit bigger and he's not as fast, but maybe a little bit bigger Eckler too. At least that's the way mm-hmm. they use him at Alabama, and that a lot of that usage is because. You know, we talked about Bryce Young yesterday and how bad the receivers were. You know, I remember at one point in the Texas game, it's just split out Gibbs because none of these other MFers can catch the ball. You know, they had like three drops in the first quarter and Bryce Young was getting mad. So, I mean, as mad as he gets, you know, uh, very calm still. But um, and then Gibbs caught a touchdown in the back of the end. So I'm like, what is this dude doing split out wide? And uh, he can do it. So uh, a lot of fun. Who is who's in the next tier? So we have Robinson. We have Gibbs. Those are a clear one, two, and in different categories themselves. Is is there a next tier? Or are we just moving down the board? Is it a big group? Is it a smaller group? Uh, next, how do we how do we uh, kind of tier the next one out? I think it's it's like a pretty deep class actually. I think it's a pretty deep class towards the top. I actually have the next four guys listed all as day two options or even second round options. I should say the next four that we're going to talk about here, which is Zach Charbonnet, Blake Corum, Devin A. Chain, and Sean Tucker. I have all those guys as possible day two picks. Let's start with Charbonnet. Uh, so he was, he starts his career at Michigan and starts as a, I don't remember if he started as a true freshman, but he played a lot as a true freshman. And then after a sophomore year, he decided to go back to UCLA where he's been very, very productive out there. Now I mentioned it last week when talking about DTR that they run kind of a spread option RPO based offense. So he has some big rushing lanes, but you know, he's an ideal prospect. Like his measurements are perfect for what the NFL is going to look for. He's very stout, but he's not slow. Uh, he's somebody who he's one though, that I would say does have a system fit where you want him to just get in like an outside zone where he can run you know, like what the Niners run, right? Like he's not going to be a huge weapon outside as a receiver, like Gibbs or Bijan. He's, He's going to be the one that he runs for. He can catch out of the backfield, turn his turn around five yards downfield, catch the ball and pick up five, six yards. But I think that if Zach Charbonnet gets in the right system, he can put together a very solid NFL career for eight, 10 years of production. And he's probably not going to rip off huge, long chunks. But how often do you actually see that in the NFL, right? A lot of times you're just happy to pick up four or five yards. Like, I think Zach Charbonnet is a better prospect than Brian Robinson was who went last year. And was it the second round Brian Robinson went like, yeah, I think Zach Charbonnet is a little better prospect than that yet. So I, I have Charbonnet as my number three. I think he's a second round pick. I agree with that. He's a little bit bigger and probably a little bit faster than B-Rob too, right? Like uh, B-Rob was great, but I think Charbonnet probably a little bit uh, thicker and a little bit uh, faster as well. Uh, Charbonnet is listed at 6'1", 220. Like that's, that's yeah. ideal NFL size. Big man. Uh, yeah, a lot of fun to watch, too. Um, th- these are all great guys. I-, I particularly have been enamored by Tucker. And the reason I have is because, you know, first and foremost, I'm a Steelers fan. Second, behind that, I'm a fantasy nerd. And uh, seeing Sean Tucker be the entire offense for Syracuse 
this year was so much fun uh, to watch. And he did it, obviously, opt out of the pinstripe bowl uh, to go to the NFL. Uh, tell me about Sean Tucker. Sean Tucker's a, a track athlete who's playing football, and he's really good at it. So they switched coaches this year and switched the whole system, and they started running a very option-based offense themselves. But he's fast. He's not as fast as the well, Devin A. Chain, who we're going to talk about here shortly, but he's very fast. And he's a lot bigger than Devin A. Chain. Like he he can take, he's got a body that's designed to take a workload. Now, for a while, I thought, well, I don't know if John Tucker can catch the ball, but then I said they switched offenses this year, and then he'd had 28 catches his first two years. He caught 36 passes this year. Now, yeah. not down the field. He's not running the route tree again. There's no Jameer Gibbs. There's no B. John Robinson here, but competent at it, which gives him something that I didn't think he had. I think you watched Sean Tucker run and he's very patient. He sees what's developing down the field and he will cut back and set up his blocks very well. Now he is someone that I, I just mentioned it was Zach Charbonnet outside zone. Like that is what Sean Tucker's great at. You give him off tackle runs and he sees the space and he just attacks the space. And then once he's by everybody, like he will eliminate angles with his speed. Yeah. And there have been plenty of track guys uh, mm -hmm. that have converted in the NFL. I mean, not, comparing these guys at all because they're not the same, but Jamal Charles, very famously, you know, uh, Olympic style hurdler, Marquise Goodwin, uh, an Olympic, uh, you know, uh, speed runner. So, and there are other guys not from Texas that do it too, but uh, those are just the examples that pop off uh, the top of my head. Quorum is interesting because I think he would be up there with Jameer Gibbs, if not for the injury. So, um, you know, he's right in there. Devin A. Chain, I'm a little nervous about uh, because he's just, he's so slight. Uh, I'm a little afraid of injury, but I mean, I just think there's going to be no in between with him. He's either going to be Chris Johnson. Or he's going to be Chris Rainey, right? Like there's going to be, he's going to be one of those guys, but um, uh, yeah. Tell us about quorum and a chain here. Quorum. You mentioned the knee injury, right? So he's missing the, the playoff here and we don't actually know. The last I saw was he's about 50-50 on whether or not he's going to go to the NFL draft. Now, he's going to have to prove that the knee is fine, which maybe. His his problem is he's going to get knocked for his height maybe, but 5'8", running That's backs are, yeah. are, he's not small at 5'8". Like, we're going to talk, you know, we'll talk Deuce Vaughn or even you mentioned Devin mm -hmm. A. Chain, right? Like, Devin A. Chain's probably an inch taller, but he's 15, 20 pounds lighter than Blake Quorum. Like, Blake Quorum at 5'8 is stout. Like, that's what you want to see. He's not small, and he uses that frame that he has to his advantage. He kind of reminds me of slightly bigger Maurice Jones-Drew. Like, that, like he just bounces off runners, and then he makes these really subtle cuts, and people don't, like, they never square him up, really. He just kind of bounces around, and, and when he gets in the open field, he can, like, make people look silly with some of the moves he'll put on him. Now, he's another one. I wish we'd have seen him get to be a pass-catching option, but they used Donovan Edwards which I don't blame Harbaugh for doing that. Like Donovan yeah. Edwards is an excellent pass catcher, but we never really saw that out of Blake Horn because at the NFL, he's the question is going to be, is he an every down backer? Is he just somebody who comes in there and, and is picking up first and second down? And and that will move you down the board. Not that you can't do it, just that it's unknown whether you can do it or not. So uh, yeah, I mean, two big questions with him. will probably drop him down board. Should he come out this year? Uh, he may not even come out. Uh, Devin A. Chain, a completely different type of run. They're like almost opposites because they're yeah. both the same size. Like <laughs> Devin A. Chain, I have him at 5'9", 185, which I'm not sure he's 5'9". I think he's probably more like 5'8", but 185 pounds is it's probably about right. But he is probably going to run the fastest time at a running back since Chris Johnson. Like he is an all-world track athlete. I think he won the SEC 200-meter dash last year. Like 
unbelievable speed for Devin H. And you see it on the field. It's not like he's a track athlete who has no idea what he's doing. He's really, really good. Like, but you got to get him the ball in space. This is when you do not want to give Devin H. the ball and just say, okay, run it up the middle for three yards because it is not going to work. It does not work at Texas A&M. Now, he can run. He can catch. He's an excellent punt returner, kick returner. He had two touchdowns, I think one each of the last two years. This is somebody you mentioned some of the, the bigger names, right? Chris Johnson, you said Chris Rainey. I say he's Dexter McCluster. Like, can you get oh, him the right system? One. Can you get him the right system? Like Dexter McCluster, I was a big fan of, and I just felt like he was so underappreciated at times. But you stick Devin H in like in Kansas City and just say, okay, go do something with the ball, five, ten touches a game, and let's see what happens. Like I, I he could be great, but he could be a complete nothing too. Right. He's really going to have to end up in the right system and he's going to have to, you know, he's not a guy that's ever going to touch the ball 15, 20 times. He's a guy that's going to make plays with 10 to 12 touches, probably at max. So mm -hmm. he is somewhat capped, but I mean, Kamara started his career as one of those guys. He's obviously bigger and can take uh, on a bigger workload than a chain probably will be able to do. I mean, a chain would have to put on a substantial amount of muscle. Uh, That's the to, thing. To and does he, that if he adds out. that muscle, does he lose the speed? Right. That's the question right. with him is you're going to have to, he's going to need to add muscle if he's going to get 15 touches on average per week. But if he does that, then does he lose his all world speed? Because that that's his his calling card right now is you just find him a way you know throw him a swing pass right and get a two blockers in front of him does he make somebody miss with that kick returner ability and and then he's gone because nobody's catching him like he will be one of the fastest players on an NFL field the day he steps on it i think uh the rest of the class here uh, these guys all have some type of a question right mm -hmm. um and there's a lot of good ones though uh i mean Zach Evans did get uh, his job taken away from him. He was going to, to TCU kind of, uh, from TCU to Ole Miss to be the, the man. And Judkins is amazing. So it's not really like you got beat by an all world talent. It's not like he's bad. It's just Judkins is amazing. Uh, then you have uh, Chase Brown. There's a little size stuff. Tank Bigsby um, speed. Is he going to have enough? Country Miller did it one year. Uh, Ty J Spears uh, has some issues. Um, so, so that's the last issues. Of that's a tier right there for me. That's those the tier? Just okay. That's those are still guys who I think could go day two. I, I okay. think those guys have an option. That's that is my my next tier right there. All right. Well, so, let's hear about him. Tell us about him. So Zach Evans, you mentioned it. Like this is the guy who I, I think it was the same class as Bijan and and Jameer Gibbs. And he was, I think, ahead of Jameer Gibbs when he was coming out and just behind Bijan, like fractionally, and chose yeah. TCU. But you mentioned he got beat by Quinchad Jukins. Well, he got kind of beat out at TCU too. And that's why yeah. he went to Ole Miss. So like you watch him and there's just flashes of brilliance. Like he, when he hits the open field, you're like, wow, this is incredible. But it's always like, okay, but why is it not happening more often? Like he only has 282 carries. He's played in 26 games. Some of it's been injury. Some of it's been, okay. He got beat by Quinchon Judkins. You're right. Awesome. Quinchon Judkins is, I think he led the SEC on rushing as a true freshman, which is amazing. But he also kind of got beat by Kendra Miller at TCU. Like he's sort of replaced there. And you always hear that, well, Zach Evans, at least he's a, he can catch passes, but he doesn't really do it. Like he's got 26 career catches. So I, he's good. He's very good. My question is, why has he not done more of it? And I don't see him being like some super creative back where I Blake Corum, if there's nothing blocked there, he'll find a way to get three yards. Like he's going to lower his shoulder. He's going to get three yards. If there's nothing blocked for Zach Evans, a lot of times I just don't see him being creative enough to pick up yardage on his own. It's kind of like what's blocked for me. I'll get, 
what's not there. I'm not, he doesn't really like lower his shoulder. He's, he sometimes will make someone miss in the open field, but he doesn't do it like between the tackles. Yeah. That's the, uh, nowhere to run, run to the spot. Um, I don't, I, I feel like I didn't give this guy enough credit probably coming in, but Singletary, I felt like was kind of like that. Like he ran, you know, he, he had huge production at FAU, but he also had truck size holes to run through, just hand him the ball. I, but, but I still did see him get chased down and stuff like that. So not in terms of size or ability or anything, but just in terms of production, I think probably uh, somewhat similar, uh, you know, um, coming out. So uh, yeah, I, I like Zach Evans a lot, but you're like, you're right. There are questions. If he's so good, you know, what do they say in Moneyball, right? Brad Pitt's like, is he a good hitter? Yeah, yeah, he's good. Why doesn't he hit good if he's a good hitter? That's kind of where we are with Zach Evans. Is he, he a good running back? Why does he play good then? You know, why haven't we seen it on a consistent basis? So I'm with you on Zach Evans. Well, so to a guy who we have seen it on a consistent basis in college, yeah. at least Chase Brown. I think he Long finished second guy. this year behind Dwayne McBride, who we're going to get mm-hmm. get to in a little bit here in rushing yards. Now, like no concerns on whether or not he can handle the workload. The concern is going to be, has he already went through like a huge amount of his workload? He had 328 carries this year for Illinois. So that's a Brett Bielema offense, just leaning on their star running back, which I can't blame him. Like Chase Brown is really good. But when I look at Chase Brown, he's just a little less in a lot of regards than what Sean Tucker is. He's not quite as fast as Sean Tucker, but he kind of runs like him. They run the, the similar system and outside zone and he's fast. He's not probably quite as fast as Sean Tucker, but they're very similar in that respect, but he's got some questions about his, his ball handling. He fumbled four times last year. That's, that's going to be a knock. Teams are going to want to see, like, are you going to be a, we saw what happened to Melvin Gordon, right? Like if you're going (laughs) to fumble that much, like your NFL career is short. So he's got to hold the ball. I do think he, whereas Sean Tucker waits for the hole to develop and then he'll kind of accelerate through it. I think Chase Brown wants to, he wants to look outside where the hole is. Even if the hole isn't there, he wants to wait and see if the hole is going to form outside the tackle. And then he tries to get out there very quickly, which it kind of works. But if you play these faster defenses like Ohio State or Michigan or in the NFL, the defenses are all that fast. Bouncing runs when the hole isn't there, it doesn't work. Like you got to follow the lead blockers, right? So he's not a pass catcher either. There's going to be questions that Chase Brown's going to have to answer. And if he does answer them, I think he could be a pretty good NFL running back, but he's going to take some coaching, like fumbling, uh, following his blockers. Those are going to be questions that are going to need to be answered for Chase Brown. Yeah. I I like him a lot, but you said the fumble issues and that is, that'll just move you down boards. Like um, not that any coach loves a fumble, but I think Najee is like the first back for Pittsburgh that, uh, you know, if he fumbles, he doesn't get ripped right off the field. So, uh, you know, cause I, I've seen Tomlin do that so many times, but, uh, yeah, it's an issue, but I mean, like you said, where, you know, tread on the tire, that's a lot gone. Uh, a year of over 300 carries is one of the issues that a lot of people talk about. So I can see him slipping. I can also see him putting up just way better numbers than we expected at the combine and just looking real shifty and showing up there. Cause I mean, it's obvious you touch the ball 300 times you're a hard worker you know to 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 not go down uh against big 10 defenses in even in some bad weather too some bad cold games to not go down and take 300 carries is enormous so uh very deserved opt out here of the i would love to watch him play in the pinstripe bowl but look man you've had enough carries uh what about the rest of these guys bigsby and miller and spears 
So Tank Bigsby is the classic power back. He's he's going to run through tackles. He is going to lower his shoulder and pick up what's blocked for him. I was really impressed with Tank Bigsby when I went back and watched film on him this past year because I kind of thought in 2021, I thought, well, Tank Bigsby, if he's just kind of like a bull in a china shop back there where he didn't really have a plan, he just lowered his shoulder and he's like, okay, well, I'm just going to power my way through this, even if it means I'm running into my own blockers for a while. Eventually, I'll find a way to get five yards. And it was good. Like, he ran for over a 1,000 yards that year. But this year, I thought, like, he didn't run for as many yards. He played one less game, but the yards per carry went up. And when I watched him, I'm like, he actually seems like he has a plan to what he's doing. Like, he he's following his blockers. He's hitting the hole. We've seen him return kicks before. I wouldn't say he's probably going to do that at the NFL level. I was impressed that he caught 31 passes this year after having 31 receptions the first two years of his career combined. So, but he also has some drops. He lets the ball get, he lets the ball get really far into his gut, which is how you drop the ball. And we don't want to see that. So you got to start using your hands, young man. But mm-hmm. beyond that, like, I like Tank Bigsby. He seems like he's capped, though, to me. I don't think Tank Bigsby's ever going to be someone that you're going to say you're you're going to catch passes for us on third down. He's someone that's probably going to come in. He, he kind of reminds me of, like, early career, what I thought Zach Moss was going to be, like, where I thought he was going to be good, but it hasn't really worked out. So that that's kind of my Tank Bigsby comparison. I like Kendra Miller. We talked about Kendra Miller. I like Kendra Miller. I think he's good. He He's not super fast. He's not super shifty. He just is – he's smooth, like – he ran for 6.7 yards per carry for his career. Like he's explosive. He makes people miss. He watches the line. He, he scans the line from behind. You mentioned with Bijan, just kind of being like Le'Veon Bell, where we used to see Le'Veon Bell come to a complete stop. Kendry Miller is the only other back. I would say that does that where he comes to almost a complete stop, waits for the hole to develop. And then he just explodes through it. He scored a touchdown every single game this year for TCU. Now they have a very important game coming up here against a Michigan defense, which if he does that, then good for him. I, I think he can catch the ball. He, he hasn't really shown it. My, my one mark was he is very solid across the board, but he has no standout skill. He's not as fast as Devin A. Chain. He isn't designed to run outside zone like, like Sean Tucker is. He, he doesn't have any one standout skill. He's not going to bounce off tackles like Blake Corum. But I think he's just someone who you could see carving out a long NFL career of just kind of like being pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just uh, being, uh, you know, a B-back uh to to an a you know uh you know i mean it's funny because it feels like the chargers have thrown a million darts but it it feels like that is a guy that would be perfect behind eckler you know i mean like a guy to take 10 to 12 touches potentially you know could rip off a big one here and there and if eckler does go down this guy has handled the rock uh, uh before so um i i like him but like you said i think Landing spot is going to be huge for him, um, and it may behoove him to sit behind somebody to start his NFL career. So uh, we'll see there. Yeah, it's kind of like the the quarterbacks we talk about where you don't want to start him right away. I don't think I want to like play Kendry Miller right away, but just let him learn for a couple of years and let's see what happens. Plenty of teams will need backups. We'll get to that in a little right. bit. And the last one I have in that same level is Tajay Spears. So Spears had a torn ACL a couple of years ago for Tulane which he only played 37 or he had 37 carries that year. He played in three games and then he came back and he's been really solid. If you watch Tulane's got a big game coming up here against UC or USC where you get a chance to see him, but he ran for 1300 yards and 15 touchdowns this year. That's awesome. That's great production. He is, the word is dynamic. Like he makes moves. He makes people miss in the open field. He's very fast. Now it's a, a lower level of competition, but like you're playing against you're playing against. I'm not knocking him for that. That's not his fault that that's where he's playing. But when he does, people don't touch him. Like 
He is very thin. I'm not sure what he's going to weigh in at. My my board has him listed at 190. I don't think he's 190. I think he's more <laughs> the Devin A chain 180 probably. He's going to have to put on some muscle. But I think this is the type of guy where he's showing he can catch. I think he could. You think he could do that? Like he doesn't do it a whole lot at Tulane, but I think he can do it. And he could carve out a pretty nice third down back role in the NFL. Actually, you mentioned Devil Sing- Devin Singletary earlier. They they kind of look the same. Oh, that's a great comp. That's they, they a kind great of move comp. the same. And so, like Devin Singletary came to the NFL. He was not a. I think he was a day three pick even. And and he just kind of worked out. And now he's pretty good. So I, I like Tajay Spears too. I think he's not somebody day one is probably going to carve out and you know day one going to come out and be his main back. But he he could work his way into a pretty nice position too. Uh, you got uh, three of my favorite players in this draft in the in the last tier. And look, I mean, we'll we'll hit deeper in running backs once we get a clear, uh, mm-hmm. you know, shot of uh, who is actually going to make the jump to the NFL, who will declare, um, and you know what the class is shaping up at at the combine. Who gets invited to the combine is very good, very a very good indicator. Uh, pro days are going to be coming along. So we will be deeper on the draft class, but I mean, only so many of these guys get drafted and these are all very productive guys uh, throughout their college careers here. And the first guy, it's just size, but it's so big for him and he still could go back and play another year. I wouldn't recommend it, uh, especially at his size. I mean, uh, Kansas state is playing Alabama. I wouldn't recommend him playing in that game. He hasn't opted out quite yet, but Deuce Vaughn has been incredibly fun to watch. The issue is I'm, I just you know looked up shortest NFL players, and I think the shortest guy on a roster is 5'6". It's J.J. Taylor uh, playing for uh, the Patriots. There's a couple other guys that are also listed at 5'6". And I don't know if Deuce Vaughn is coming in at 5'6". Five, 5'6 six. Five, six might be tall for him. So he is um, you know very slight, to say the least. <laughs> yeah. So Kansas <laughs> lists him at 5'6", 176. I've seen... I've read some projections. I've read some Kansas State boards that they he's probably more like five five one fifty five. Like that's that is absurdly tiny. You know, the easy. I think he's heavier than that. I think he's closer to one seventy. Good, uh, but he's, he's going to need short. to be like one fifty five. Yeah. Is if he's that small, that's he's going to get hurt. Like I almost undoubtedly. Now yeah. the easy comparison is everyone says he's Darren Sproles. He's really not. Like he they're similarly shaped. Like they're similar heights. I get it. They both went to Kansas State. He's unbelievably explosive with the ball like deuce vaughn is so incredibly quick with the ball now darren sproles was too but i deuce vaughn if he darren was sproles was more straight line speed yes yes deuce vaughn people don't hit him like he's makes people miss over 1400 yards rushing and 40 receptions both of the last two seasons like that is insane production and he takes advantage of his small frame like he will literally get behind a guard and just like hide there for a half a second before and then <laughs> figure out where he's gonna go and when he gets in the open field, it is just electric. Like he will cut and make jukes that other people can't do because he's so low. His his center of gravity is so low to the ground that other people physically can't do some of the things he's able to do. But he's he's another one. He's even more than Devin A. Chain. Like he is going to need to be in the right situation where someone is going to have to take advantage of the fact that he has a skill set that's very limited, but what he does do, he's very good at. Like so. He's, it's a matter he's of gonna landing get drafted spot. to be a special teams player mm-hmm. and a third running back. This is a guy that's going to need some guys in front of him probably to go down to, to get a real long look because you see I, James, I think could you see right. Deuce Vaughn carving out a James White role? 
Yeah, I, I, I could easily uh, see him doing that. I think he's better than that, too, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. Uh, so I don't know. Um, did he force a bunch of missed tackles? I'm trying to find him on. Uh, I guess not, because um, I'm looking at PFF. He's not in the top uh, 50 here of guys that, that make uh, that force missed tackles. Right. Uh, but he is he was 60th for 69 missed tackles. I mean, there there are some average guys that, um, you know, force that many miss. But there's a lot of good players in here, too. Mayan Williams, uh, Jaden Ott, Tajay Spears, as you mentioned before. Uh, but up at the top, you know, it's um, uh, uh, a lot. Is this correct? No, that was his long run. I'm sorry. I was clicking on the wrong thing. Actually, 51 uh, missed tackles forced, which made him uh, 31st in the country. That, that, so, that sounds better. I thought that I would mean, have been a little higher. Can you take a crack at Bijan? How, how many, many tackles? Missed... For, how many missed tackles? Mm-hmm. Ooh. He was number one in the country. That is not surprising. I would guess it's <laughs> like in the 70s. 104. Woo! Uh, Carson Steele was second with 96. Third was Frank Gore Jr. at 81. So you got Bijan and then Carson Steele and then a gigantic drop down wow. to Frank Gore and Marquez Cooper. So uh, Chase Brown is in there as well at fifth uh, with 77. Mm-hmm. So and then Judkins and then Blake Corum and uh, George Halani. So uh, Kendry Miller uh, in there at 11th. So okay. uh, some interesting players here. We're getting them, man. Where's Dwayne McBride? We'll talk to Dwayne McBride here now. Dwayne McBride, the like complete opposite of Deuce Vaughn. Dwayne Deuce Vaughn, tiny guy. Dwayne McBride, just like Tank Bigsby, big power back, led the country in rushing this year. Over 1700. Seventh, by the way. Yeah. I, for yes, McBride. He's gonna be high on that list. Now, his is not jukes and things. He just sees someone coming and he's like, Okay, I'm an, I'm stronger than you. I'm going to lower my shoulder. I'm going to give you a stiff arm and I'm going to run through you. And he does it like over 1,700 yards and 19 touchdowns this year. He looks like a power back. He runs like a power back. He knows what he is. He doesn't try to do more than that. He has five career catches, which is also the number of fumbles he had last season. So once again, that's the big knock on Dwayne McBride is he can't catch, or at least he's never shown he can catch. So if he can, then that's a plus, but I don't know if he can. He's got to hold the ball better. That's I know that he got a ton of carries. I know he had to deal with that, but you cannot fumble the ball. And I think five was as much as any running back in the country last year. But, you know, big power back, going to come in, get those first and second down carries, get and just wear down a defense. And that's, you know, it's kind of the A.J. Dillon starter kid is what Dwayne McBride is. Maybe not quite as big, <laughs> but that type of like that type of a running back. Um, give us the rest of these guys. We got Chris Rodriguez, one of my favorites, of course, Rashawn Johnson and Israel Abaconda. Okay, I'm gonna skip to Izzy Abaconda because he would probably be the top of this of this tier for me. He's interesting. I didn't think he was gonna come out, but then he had this incredible year where just 239 carries. That's another pretty solid workload for Pitt after Kenny Pickett went to the NFL and they switched offensive coordinators, and so they just said, "Here, Izzy, just get the ball and go with it," and he did. Now, another one, kind of like Zach Charbonnet, where just perfect NFL size for what they want. And he is so fast when he gets the ball, too. So I like Abanaconda. He can play special teams. The question is, he doesn't like to bounce runs outside, which is exactly the same thing as I can talk about Chris Rodriguez, too, where Chris Rodriguez is another guy who's kind of like Dwayne McBride, where it's a power back, a very productive college power back. But he doesn't run outside. Like, almost all of his production happens between the tackles. Like, if it's Benny blocked, Snell. If it's blocked inside, he will pick up your four or five yards. But if it's, okay, we need you to run outside zone, forget about it. Like, it is not going to happen. He doesn't do it. 
He has too much ramp li- up time to get outside. Yep, yeah. Exactly. He does. He's just not explosive enough to get outside. Like he he's when he gets going, he's fine. Like he's not slow, but he doesn't have the explosive ability you need to get out there. And he got suspended earlier this year. What I don't think it's really going to affect him. It was an eligibility question. It wasn't like he got arrested. So I don't think that's going to knock him, but he's just, he's just limited. Like these are guys that all have a flaw. You mentioned Roshan Johnson. Now we got our second Texas back here. Yeah. So I think he's going to be a better pro than he was at college because I think he's going to carve out a long NFL career. Even if that means like, even if it's not a main running back on a team, like he can catch, He'll play special teams. He can block. Like he is, a, you mentioned, he's probably a better NFL pro than he will be at college. Now, before Bijan got there, he was pretty productive as a running back as a freshman. And then Bijan came there and they're like, okay, well, this, we have this all world talent. Sorry, Roshan Johnson, you're the backup now. And, and he didn't like complain, right? Like he didn't transfer. He did it. Yep. He stuck it out. He showed he can catch the ball. He would block for Bijan. Like he would come in and play like modified fullback for them. I, he's probably not super fast. Yeah, he's yeah. just a good football player. Like he will do it all for your team. He's going to carve out a 10-year NFL career. Maybe he never has a he may never have a thousand yard season, but if you told me that he had a six hundred yard season where he also caught 45 passes, like I'd say that's probably doable for him. There is did we hit everybody on the list? Because we got all the guys on the list for this week. There's one omission that I I, uh, I have an issue with. I think I know why you did it. Okay. But is Mo Abraham not on this list just because we're going to talk about him in the pinstripe bowl? Or uh, do you think that he is below all of these guys? Because uh, obviously he did have an Achilles tear in his college career, which is a huge red flag, especially for a big back like he is, but he has been outstanding this year. There are four players with a thousand yards uh, after contact. And he is one of them. It's Bijan, Dwayne McBride, Carson Steele, and Mo Ibrahim. Uh, he is a lot of fun to watch. He scores a lot of touchdowns because that's just the system that they run. But big back, probably going to run pretty slow, which may keep him. I mean, if you run slow enough, it'll keep him from being drafted. Uh, so the combine may be more important to him than it is any of these guys. Uh, but I just want to throw his name out there and ask you why he wasn't on this list. Is he just a tier below these guys? Yeah, he. so the other ones that I took off were Mo Ibrahim, Eric Gray, who's an uh, Oklahoma back, who I figured you wouldn't like to talk about, and yeah, then Kendall Milton, guys. and Kendall Milton from Georgia. So Ibrahim, yeah, he had the Achilles tear, but he had 304 carries this past year. So like, it's hard to say that I'm super worried about the Achilles tear when he yeah. has over 300 carries for, <laughs> for Minnesota. He's healthy, right, yeah. yeah. Like 850 career carries for Minnesota is an insane number. He's not particularly fast. He has 22 career receptions. Like, he's another one. He's slightly less Dwayne McBride to me, though. Like, I think he's slower than Dwayne McBride, and they're the same thing. Like, big backs who will pick up what's blocked for them. If he goes out and he ran faster than I thought, or he he shows that he can catch the ball at the combine, like, yeah, I'd move him up. Eric Ray is, like, your classic third. He reminds me a lot of Aaron Jones. That's who he reminds me of. Eric Ray does, like, where he will make people miss in the open field, but... Aaron Jones came to the NFL as I think like a sixth round pick out of UTEP because the questions were, is he more than that? I, I want to like Eric Gray more than, than I've seen, like, but it, there's just some way something there where it's, it seems like he gets more out of it because of Oklahoma's offense. Like it's kind of boosts. He couldn't numbers. make it happen in Tennessee either. Yeah. Like, uh, and, and Tennessee is a good offense to be in. So there are definitely some questions about Eric Gray and I have I mean, no issue with you not putting a sooner on here. Obviously. And then Kendall Milton 
is just it's hard to judge because he has so I mean you're talking about we're talking about Mo Abraham getting 300 touches this year. Kendall Milton has 164 touches in his career at Georgia. Like it's it's hard to judge Georgia backs because there's so little tape because they split so many carries. You have Kendall Milton, Kenny McIntosh are I think neither one of them is a I think Kenny McIntosh is a senior and Kendall Milton hasn't officially declared yet, but it's so hard to judge any of them because they don't touch the ball a lot. They're so like specialized and what they do they're great at, but it's so hard to judge like can they do more than that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, there's a lot of good running backs and there's running backs yeah, every single class. year. And there's running backs every single year where you're like, how did this guy not get drafted? Right. And, and yeah. And it's just uh, the, the way it goes. So um, let's go down to who is going to need a running back. So um, I put this into four territories here. I have teams that need a number one, whether it's a free agent or the current guy just is not going to be good enough. Uh, who needs a backup, who needs depth, and who really doesn't need anything, which is limited. There's not many teams that don't need anything. And by when I say anything, I'm not talking like a fourth running back special teamer. I'm talking about like a three deep. You know, we're talking three deep running back. So here are the teams that I think are going to need a number one back. Uh, first is the Chicago Bears. Herbert is still going to be there, but Montgomery is an unrestricted free agent. Only other guys on the rosters uh, roster is Ebner and um, Darrington Evans, who is a restricted free agent. Uh, Buffalo, I put Buffalo in here, but kind of with a caveat, I think James Cook could be their guy. And I do think by the end of whatever the Buffalo playoff run is, I think James Cook is their main back and Singletary takes a seat behind him because just if you watch uh, on Sundays, uh, Cook is better. Cook is is the better back. He's It's not all Singletary's fault. Uh, Cook is younger. He's more spry. He's faster. You know, he has more moves. So they're finally starting to, they're starting to use him more too. And, and right. the last couple weeks, they're starting to use him. He's starting to take over. Yards, uh, last week. Right. So, uh, he has been outstanding. Singletary is the UFA as are Taiwan Jones, uh, Johnson and, and all those guys. So Cook is going to be the only one left. So they at least need, uh, somebody else if Cook, but I, you know, Cook isn't really the size of a back that you would expect to be, um, you know, uh, taking on 20 carries. I don't, I don't know if he's ever going to be that guy. So they at least need somebody else with him. Um, Miami, everyone's a free agent, Miami, most hurt, uh, Jeffrey Wilson, Jr. Uh, Salvin Ackman's restricted Gaskins unrestricted. So, you know, they could bring these guys back and work with them. They work this year. That's fine. But you know, they just, we have to have somebody there, uh, for Philly, uh, Miles Sanders is an unrestricted free agent. Boston Scott, also UFA. They'll have Gainwell, and, I mean, Sermon is trash, but uh, they need somebody else. So they could re-sign Sanders. Uh, wouldn't have an issue with that. He's been good. He's been in that system for a while. But I could easily see them, you know, there's a lot of good running backs uh, in the draft this year. So they could, they're could they going to be picking late. Running backs fall. So I could Phil easily see them. So Philly also picks 10 because they have the New Orleans oh, pick. Right. Could you see New Philly taking Bijan? Oh, please, God. I would just not Baltimore. Yes, I would love it. It would be amazing fit. That That's uh, the one I want right there. Philly picks 10 with the New Orleans pick. Take Bijan Robinson, slide him next to Jalen Hurts, and just, just watch it go, dude. My buddy Will would be upset. <laughs> Will played on the football team with Wes, who's Bijan's uncle. Oh, and uh, he's a Cowboys fan, so he oh. would not want him. He like me. Ooh. I don't want him to go to Baltimore. He doesn't want him to go to Philly, Washington, or New York. Uh, so uh, we'll see there. Um, Atlanta. I mean, Patterson's contract probably going to be voided after this year because they can get out of it. Uh, Algier is still there. Is he a one though? I don't know. Caleb Huntley just tore his Achilles. 
The only other guy on the roster is Avery Williams. So they they need a number one as well. Look, the, at the pace they run, I wouldn't hate to see them take Bijan either. Uh, Barkley is an unrestricted free agent. I think we all kind of expect him to get franchised. Um, you know, you don't usually do that with running backs, but Barkley is the one running back that you might end up doing that with. Uh, Carolina, Deontay Foreman's a UFA. They have Hubbard and Blackshear, but they could use someone. And look, let's not forget the Raiders um, did not give Josh Jacobs that fifth-year option. I don't know if they can afford to franchise him, uh, according to all of the rumors about them being cash poor and whatever that nonsense is. But, um, you know, they drafted Zamir White. They seem to like him a little bit. I don't know if he's the guy next year. I, I it, that's, that's asking a lot for Zamir. Uh, don't, don't you think? Yeah. I don't want, I don't trust him. I mean, Zamir White, his thing that knocked him at Georgia was the knees. Like that's always been his thing is he's got knee problems. I don't want to just lean and the Raiders are in like a mess right now. As we're recording this, they benched Derek Carr. Like, I don't know what's going on with Vegas. Like, and Carolina, like suddenly they're this best rushing team in the NFL the last couple weeks with these guys. Like I don't <laughs> 300 get yards at, the I other day. I mean, at all like, but yeah, good for them. I guess just lean into the run like they're doing with the interim head coach there. And so, but yeah, I think both those teams would be better off to have a running back. That's more reliable than uh, Josh Jacobs could resign in Vegas, but it does. It seems unlikely at this point. Yeah, and if Josh Jacobs doesn't sign in Vegas, he's likely to sign with one of these other teams. I would love you know him in mean? Miami. Can we just put Miami, him in Miami? would be great. That yeah. would be outstanding. Have him uh, running that, you know, Shanahan system mm -hmm. uh, with McDaniel. Yeah, I mean that would be awesome. Uh, the teams that I listed as need a backup. A lot of these guys just their backup is a UFA. Cincinnati, uh, Samaj P. Ryan is unrestricted. They have Chris Evans, who I like and they seem to like, but he can't beat out P. Ryan, so I don't know. Uh, Denver, Javante Williams is obviously going to be coming off the entry, but he's still there. But Latavius is UFA. So is Mike Boone. Uh, so is Marlon Mack. Anyone on that roster uh, that's not Javante is a free agent. Uh, for Cleveland, um, they have Chubb under contract, but Hunt's a UFA. So is Dearness Johnson. They have Jerome Ford and Demetric Felton. They might let Ford uh, back up Chubb, but that's a big ask too, especially as Chubb moves further in his career, banged up uh, this week, but expected to play. Uh, for the Cardinals, I like Connor. I just don't think Keontae Ingram, Corey Clement, Damian Williams, I don't think they have a capable backup. So that's one of the few, like, you know, they're not they're not losing a UFA or anything, but they just don't have anyone behind Connor. Uh, Connor's not exactly right a beacon of health. Yeah, he's not. And so, and he's getting older. He's been good the last two years. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, uh, for Dallas, Pollard is a UFA. Uh, I don't know. Can you franchise Pollard? I mean... I don't think you can, not when you're paying Zeke that much. So maybe you cut Zeke and then franchise Pollard uh, to save yourself some money. Uh, so it, one of these guys is going to be off this team, though, Zeke or Pollard, most likely. Who do you think is the one that's left? I think it's Pollard. I think oh, they eat the cap. Man. I think they eat the cap it and they cut Zeke. Yeah, I mean, look, the cap is kind of a joke. So yes. I'll, I'll go with you on that. They'll restructure guys. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, I mean, I would love to see it kind of say the same with Pollard taking the lead. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's real hard, especially Dak not playing like he's capable of recently. You got to keep Pollard. Pollard's the best offensive player you have. That's not CD lamb. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, Dowdle's a restricted free agent. Allison's off that roster too. Uh, in Jacksonville, they just need somebody behind ETN. ETN had too many touches this year. Like I love him. Um, you know, but they cut James Robinson for whatever reason. And they went with hasty and, um, you know, uh, they tried Henderson. That didn't work. I know they like Snoop Connor, but they need a B to ETN. 
so I mean the guy guy's outstanding, but you're gonna you're gonna run through his career real fast if you don't get somebody else in there. They touches, need one of those right? bigger backs, is what they need. They need yeah, someone, give him tank. Bigger, give him give him tank bigs, but give him Dwayne McBride and just say, okay, run the ball up the gut twelve times a game and wear out the defense Ooh. for. Fantasy people will hate that because those guys will for sure be goal line guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Uh, That's they will true. definitely be vultures. Um, Detroit, uh, look, Jamal Williams is unrestricted. So I, I think you, if you're Detroit, you want him back uh, because Swift, you know, speaking of can't can't stay on the field, availability being the best ability. Uh, he's just too small. He gets hurt every year. And that's just he's going to have to be limited to like 10 touches tops, uh, it seems. And. I don't know. Swift is super frustrating, but Jamal, you know, leading the league in uh, rushing touchdowns. He's been outstanding awesome. this year. So I think he'll end up back in Detroit, but if they let him walk, they're going to need somebody to replace him because Josh Jackson uh, and Reynolds are, are UFAs as well. Um, in uh, New England, Stevenson is obviously the main guy there. Damian Harris is an unrestricted free agent after this year, though. Uh, Kevin Harris, Pierre Strong, uh, Ty Montgomery still on that roster. So I guess if you like what you saw from Harris, or Pierre Strong at the end of the year, those guys could do it. I would just be a little surprised if he went in with just Stevenson, uh, especially because he fumbled and Belichick hates that. That's another guy that said, uh, you're not going to back him up with Chase Brown. We know that. Nope. But, um, you know, you got to get somebody else in there. Uh, New Orleans, uh, Ingram is gone. Darren, uh, or um, uh, David Johnson gone. You know, Benjamin, these are guys they picked up this year, trying to find somebody David behind Kamara. I never thought yeah. I'd see David Johnson again. Yeah, yeah, I know. And he's there because Ingram's hurt again. Mm -hmm. So uh, he's getting touches. Uh, Penny is the UFA for Seattle, so they're going to need somebody behind Walker. I mean, Homer, I thought they cut Homer the other day. I guess he's a UFA. Um, I must have been reading. They cut some other running back. I can't remember who it was. But Dallas is a, you know, he's a receiving back, if anything, special teamer. Uh, so he can't be a backup to Walker either. Not that whoever is backing up Walker is going to get many touches because he's a bell cow, but you got to have somebody. And look, this has been a big issue for the Texans as well as we wrap down the end of the season with Damian Pierce being hurt. I mean, Ogumba Wale, Freeman, Burkhead, they're all bad. So they got to get somebody in there, somebody else in there besides Pierce. Uh, the teams that I put as need depth, um, Kansas City. I mean, you have Pacheco, you have CEH, but McKinnon's a UFA who they go hot hand. And McKinnon has been the hot hand the last month. So I don't know. Are you walking in the season with Pacheco and CEH and feeling okay about it? I don't, I don't think so. Um, we need somebody behind Taylor in Indy. I don't know that Zach Moss is the guy. He's not a free agent, though, so he should still be on the roster. Uh, Deion, Jock, Deion Jackson is exclusive rights uh, free agent, and then Wilkins is gone. Uh, for Washington, they just need somebody, I think, behind Robinson and Gibson because uh, both these guys have been hurt. So um, Williams, I don't think, is the guy uh, in Green Bay. They need somebody behind Jones and Dylan. Jones is kind of fading. Uh, mm -hmm. Dylan is will take that spot, but that's your team. Do you think they need depth there, or do you like Taylor? No, they need another one. Yeah, it, AJ Dylan's fine, but Aaron Jones has been battling an ankle thing all year, and and he's he's better in ten to twelve touches. So yeah, I think they need a third. They need a third that, back. I mean, he's so you know he's so long in the tooth that could be chronic. Mm -hmm. As well, um, I like Acres. If the Rams decide to keep him, he's not a free agent, so um, they, they can still keep him on this roster. I know they like Kyron Williams. I don't. 
I, uh, I, I don't know why they I, don't trust Ronnie Rivers over Kyron Williams. I me too. Wish they would give Ronnie Rivers a bigger. Ch- I like like Kyron Williams is so tiny. Like he's another Deuce Vaughn size dude, and yeah, like not as good as Deuce Vaughn at that. I wish they would give Ronnie Rivers a bigger chance. Deuce Vaughn fit perfectly there, by the way, yeah. next to Acres. I think that'd be a great spot. Um, they probably need someone in Baltimore. I mean, you know, not not because Dobbins or Edwards are bad. They're both good, but they both this year missed time because of an ACL injury the previous year. So, uh, you know, I think it was just kind of obvious. Lamar has missed a lot of time too. You need this run game to be the strength, which is why every mock has Bijan going to Baltimore, uh, because it would make a lot of sense. You could hand that guy the ball 30 times and not think twice about it. But, um, you know, they just need someone there, whether it's someone at the front or someone at the back, they need more depth. Uh, for sure. Uh, Pittsburgh, uh, I like Najee and Warren. I hate Snell. Can't stand him. McFarland can't get on the field. So, uh, you know, they need a third guy uh, behind both those dudes. So um, I like Warren. Like, if anything happens to Najee, Warren is definitely the guy. But uh, let's give him some competition because Snell is not competition. For Tennessee, I mean, we see it now. You know, if you're going to have Malik Willis in there, you have to have Derrick Henry. If you don't have Derrick Henry, we're going to get a preview of if Haskins can handle uh, a big workload. We both liked I liked him coming out of college. You like him too, Haskins? I like him. He's, he kind of reminds me of Tank's big, Tank Bigsby, that type of like just yeah. runs with his hair on fire, oh. just runs really aggressively. It'll be interesting to see him, but I wish it wasn't with Malik. I wish that it was with a more competent NFL running back because they're yeah. just going to stack the box on him. Something awful tomorrow night. Yeah, it's going to be eight, nine men in the box mm-hmm. for him for sure because Willis just has proven that he can't throw the ball downfield. Uh, which you know, kind of surprised me, uh, but Hilliard's uh, a UFA as well. So if they don't get him back, they need someone. And the teams that I, I say don't need anything. Uh, San Francisco has CMC, Eli Mitchell, Mason, and TDP all on the roster. They don't need anything. Uh, Tampa Bay, unless they cut Fournette, Fournette's still under contract. They have Rashad White, and they have Keyshawn Vaughn. So uh, sure, they would need some depth behind those guys, but I think those guys are okay. But they could end up cutting Fournette and Vaughn, and it would not be uh, shocking. So they could be in the market for an RP. Um, I, I'll say the Chargers. I don't know if we have the backup to Eckler, but they have thrown so many darts with Spiller and Kelly, and they tried to get Sony Michelle, and they drafted Larry Roundtree as a UFA. Like, I just don't know. They they, <laughs> they have so many how options. How can they spend more draft capital on a running back is really you, the question. You can't. So. I, I don't think they can. I think they have to. At least tr- Isaiah Spiller got hurt this year, right? He's been hurt for part of the year, I think. Yeah. He, Otherwise, well, he I, was, but I mean, they, he just, I think right now he's healthy and he just got he? benched behind Kelly. So, <sighs> yeah, I I, it's hard to imagine them spending a, another, like, those are not complete. They're like, not cheap. seventh round pick. Those were like Isaiah Spiller, I think it was a third round pick, and Josh Kelly was a fourth round pick in there. And so, yeah, you just got to, you got to see what you have in some of those guys. It's hard to imagine them drafting anybody else. And wasn't, wasn't, uh, Eckler, UDFA too. He was. Yeah. yeah. So like whoever's evaluating running backs after Tomlinson has not been doing a good job. I mean, they lucked into Eckler. Um, and then uh, the Jets, I mean, obviously Brees Hall got hurt, but they have Michael Carter. They have Zonovan Knight. Uh, James Robinson is a UFA. So, I mean, if Brees Hall is not ready at the start of the season, maybe they need somebody else in just to back up those other guys. But, you know, Brees is the future there. And then Minnesota, even though Alexander Madison is an unrestricted free agent and should go to one of these teams that, you know, the, the teams that we mentioned at the top that need uh, a number one, Chicago, uh, Miami, Philly, Atlanta, the Giants, Carolina, and the Raiders. If they don't sign their own guys back, I mean, 
Madison should be starting for one of those teams next year. Uh, he is absolutely an NFL caliber starter, but Dalvin Cook is one of the best running backs on planet Earth. So it's hard to usurp him. And I love Ty Chandler behind him. They also they like Naguanu. Um, and it, it was uh, he was a little iffy because it's a new coaching staff, but they love he's a special teams ace. So uh, him being at three, I think, is fantastic. So that is what I got on right now. Obviously, free agency is going to change this. Trades are going to change this. But, you know, there's a lot of teams, you know, a lot of teams are set, but there's a lot of teams looking for at least some depth at running back. And also, this kind of shows you how many teams are using multiple backs. It's it's a, a longer look here. But CK, take us through the bowl games this week. There's a ton of them. And uh, let us know who we need to be looking for. We'll go lightning round on this. So tomorrow, we're talking Syracuse, Minnesota. First game, already talked Sean Tucker. Garrett Williams is Syracuse's long-armed cornerback prospect, but he's injured and unlikely to play. And I mentioned Matthew Bergeron last week as the offensive tackle. He is expected to play. Uh, we already mentioned Mo Ibrahim. He is supposed to play tomorrow. So could be his last game. See if we can get another <laughs> 40 carries out of him. And Minnesota's best prospect is probably John Michael Schmitz. So centers are kind of getting like more value. This is probably one of the best center classes in a long time. There's possibly a couple of centers in the first round, Ricky Stromberg at Arkansas and John Michael Schmitz from Minnesota. And there's even more that are pretty good. So that's, that's probably their best NFL prospect there. Yeah. Interesting game there for sure. The pinstripe. Well, I hope Mo plays. We'll see. Yeah, I think he'll play cheese at bowl, Oklahoma, Florida state. Eric Gray is not playing. I already mentioned him. He's, he's just, he's very aggressive, but it's, there's always something that seems off with me. Both the offensive tackles for Oklahoma, Wayne Morris or Wanya Morris and Anton Harrison have each opted out of the game. So they're not going to be there. So expect some pass rush. Uh, Jalen Redmond, who is a defensive tackle who gets a ton of pressure on the quarterback, but is very small for a defensive tackle. He's going to probably, oh, that was Aaron Donald's knock too. And that worked out. Okay. But like, <laughs> it's probably, those are one in a million. So I think he'll probably have to, beef up a little bit to play at the NFL level. Marvin Mims expected to play. Marvin Mims, we'll talk next week on wide receivers. Now, Florida State, watch Florida State. Yeah. So, Jared Verse says he's playing. Right now, I have Jared Verse as my second-rated edge player, behind only Will Anderson, and it's closer than you think. Like, it's close. It is not as far off as I thought it was going to be, because Jared Verse is awesome. He is a transfer from... Watch talks about him all the time. Do they? Good. Sycamore, uh, Sycamore and... Uh, yeah, it, those guys talk about him all the time. They he is a Jared transfer Burst. from Albany this year. So this is the second year in a row that they had an edge transfer in there. Remember last year it was Jermaine Johnson transferred in from Georgia. So that, I mean, we knew he was going to be good. Like Jared verse coming out of Albany has been awesome. <laughs> and so he's expected to play. And then Jamie Robinson is like Florida state always seems to have these safeties who do a little bit of everything. And he's just the next one. He can play safety and both sides strong and free he will play nickelback and cover the the slot receiver he will play linebacker and he's probably like best as a big linebacker he's kind of the isaiah simmons like mold where he's okay. a big big safety and he can like drop down and play small linebacker too and those guys are getting to be more popular so clip kingsbury would put him at slot corner i just i i just wish they could have used isaiah simmons the right way man like it, it could be so good but I whoever still the new coach is next year maybe please, might do it so please we'll use see them right uh What's alamo next? bowl this is your game so yeah no, no Bijan, no roshan and demarvio and overshorn is the linebacker i think those are the only opt-outs right now for texas yeah they are right now mm -hmm. so on the defensive line they i just mentioned a couple of big defensive line they have keandre coborn and moro ajomo so Coburn is huge. Like yeah, that's, enormous. that's your big defensive tackle. He is going to the shrine bowl. And then a Jomo is 
plays next to him, but he's the small defensive tackle. He's <laughs> 50 pounds less, less than Keon Coburn and so, or Kendrick Coburn, excuse me. And so he's more of the, uh, pass it's hard, variety. it's hard to miss Coburn. Yeah. Uh, he's a huge that. dude. Like then, you'll, Moro, Moro's name will get called a bunch. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, um, but yeah, I mean, uh, Coburn, Coburn eats the line, Coburn eats the yeah. lineman and then Ojomo gets the pass rush, right? Right. Exactly. That's kind of how That's it goes. It. And mm-hmm. then at receiver, their big receiver, Xavier worthy. He is not draft eligible this year. Jordan Whittington has been there a while. He was extremely highly regarded prospect. He's got that. He's the Debo build, right? Like he's five, nine, two, 10, five, 10, two, 10, something like that. He's played running back. He's played receiver. He's someone that I think the NFL might be. The NFL might like him more than just than I hurt. think. Yeah, yeah. He, he's got a big injury knock, right? That's going to be, he's going to have to prove he's healthy. And he's just never quite developed like I thought he would. Like, I think he's going to show up in this game. Yeah. Uh, but also, like, he's 50 50 to leave this game. I would not be shocked at all. Like the, the, the dude gets hurt all a lot. I mean, he takes a lot of big hits because uh, he's fast. It's the way they play and he, too. He yeah, he plays over the middle a lot too. So um, yeah, but um, a very good player, but rarely on the field. So Washington's best NFL prospect was Michael Penix. So when we were talking quarterbacks last week, Penix would have been in the like Hendon Hick- Hendon Hooker level probably, maybe a little behind that. But he's going back, so good for him and get your college degree, son. And Jackson Kirkland has been in college since 2017. There was a couple of years ago, like if you would have looked at mock drafts, Jackson Kirkland would have been a first round, like mocked <laughs> offensive lineman, but he's just been around so long. Now they've played him at both guard positions. He's played left tackle, which is what you, you really want, but now he's playing guard again. It's just like prospect fatigue at this point. He's at this he's point, he's probably a right? three pick. He like huge? he looks like an NFL player, but he's probably just, I don't know, just day three guy at this point. Uh, that gets us to Friday. Friday, let's talk the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Are they are they dumping the Mayo again this year, dude? That that both coaches have said yes, so oh, they might so dump gross. the. It's so disgusting, but uh, yeah. yeah, you know what? When you win, who cares? Right? <laughs> I guess uh, Maryland is playing in this game. All three of their wide receivers of their main wide receivers have opted out of this game. So Dante <laughs> Demas is the one that looks like an NFL, like what you want an NFL receiver to look like. He's your classic X, your outside receiver. Rakeem Jarrett is more of the inside receiver. He's the explosive underneath type who catches the short Huge passes. Recruit. And then you get the ball. Biggest in recruit his... in Maryland history. Uh, Biggest recruit. Exactly. Yes, he was. They could convinced him to stay there. And then Jacob Copeland, who's playing in the, the NFL PA bowl. He was a transfer from Florida. Now I, Dante Demas and Rakeem Jarrett, like it's another one where it's kind of like Zach Evans. It's like, okay, you are these highly regarded recruits, but like, it's just never developed. And they throw the ball all the time. there. like, they're always kind of, they're always seem to be nicked up and injured. And I don't know. I will talk about some of those guys next week because they're, we're going to talk receivers, but I I don't think I'm as high as Rakeem Jarrett as some people are going to be. Both their offensive linemen, Jalen Duncan and Spencer Anderson are also NFL uh, prospects. Level guys. Jalen Duncan. Some people really love Jalen Duncan. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's fine. It's not he's not as high for me as some people probably. I always kind of like with the offensive linemen, uh, you know, it's harder. It's harder for me to know. Uh, So I I, I like to wait to hear what he doesn't. He doesn't move. Well, he's great at pass blocking. He's probably going to do great at pass blocking. He's just not he does not move well up the field for me to, to be a run blocker at the NFL. Uh, NC State guys, the NC State is all about the defense. Like NC State has an awesome defense, and they have three NFL linebackers who just have unbelievable amounts of production. So Drake Thomas, 
has played in 44 games at NC State. He has 281 tackles, 42 of those for loss, 18 sacks, and four picks. Now, not a great athlete. Like, he's he's going to get knocked for his athleticism. But if nothing else, this dude is just going to, like, you're just going to lock him into special teams and say, go get the ball, and he's going to do it. Isaiah Moore's played in 52 games, 330 tackles, Good 42 Lord. tackles for loss, 11 and a half sacks, and a pick. Now, he is very tiny. They're probably going to move him to edge and say, go get the quarterback at the next level. And then Peyton Wilson is arguably the best of them, but he has just injury issues galore. He's had three surgeries since he got to college, both knees, a shoulder, or sorry, both shoulders and a knee. He's had surgery on, but 33 (laughs) games, 254 tackles, 27 and a half tackles for loss, seven sacks and four picks. Like these guys are just production when they're out there, but they're all going to have slight knocks in the NFL. And probably I think Peyton Wilson probably gets drafted late. Isaiah Moore gets drafted in the early day three and Drake Thomas might sneak into the second day, but I wouldn't bet on it. Head, shoulders, knees, and toes. Lots yeah, of injuries. That is what's going on there. The Sun Bowl, Pitt and UCLA, we already talked about. Pitt has tons of ops outs, probably the most of any team. is not playing. already mentioned him. Gabe Huey and Carter Warren are their offensive tackles. Those guys are out. Kalijah Kansi is the next in the line of small defensive tackles from Pittsburgh, trying to follow in that Aaron Donald mold. He opted out. Deslin Alexandra is a pass rusher. Servosius Dennis is a safety or is a linebacker and Brandon Hill. So all those guys are not playing. So who's Man. actually left that you could watch? Well, Habakkuk Baldonado, which is like best name in the entire draft, which is awesome. <laughs> he is hurt and he has played. He tr- is from somewhere in Europe. I forget where it is, but he has only played like football, I think three years and you can see it, but the dude just plays like a madman out there. He is such a good fun pass rusher to watch, but he's going to need some serious coaching up. And then Eric Hallett, is already declared for the NFL draft. He's small. He's your typical nickelback, 5'9", 190. He said he's going to play. Now, I would like to see a matchup against Jake Bobo, who is 6'5", on the other side, and kind of plays the slot for UCLA. <laughs> Let's see if you can do this, son. Like, if you can guard Jake Bobo, then then you got this. Now, Bobo, he's a transfer from Duke. He's only at UCLA one year. He's just he doesn't really separate because he's not fast enough. Like, he's a good route runner. He's a very good route runner for that guy that size. He, he kind of actually... He looks like Kyle Phillips, who was at UCLA and got drafted by Tennessee, but he's you know, seven inches taller than him. Like, <laughs> And then DTR is playing. We talked about him last week. And Zach Charbonnet says he's playing as of now. So we'll see it. I don't know if he's going to do it or not, but it'd be fun to watch him one more time. I mean, like I'm all I'm OK for these guys opting out. Right. I have no issue with it. Do what you but want. what I don't like is these guys waiting till two days before the game opt out that is driving me nuts so gonna, hopefully yeah. we don't have any of that yeah just tell them you're not playing i mean you know otherwise you can you're stay taking away the practice team. reps from someone who's gonna play yes right? yeah exactly so it's just it's a little eye rolling when these guys wait till the last minute to do it i mean at least with booty his game isn't until mm-hmm. uh you know later next week so but still you should have done it before make up your mind you know <laughs> be an uh, adult that's right man you gotta, you gotta start growing up here sometime right uh, that's the first evaluation process is did you declare on time and not right. leave we'll, you, we'll your, that down your team out to year. dry? Yeah. Uh, Gator Bowl, Notre Dame in South Carolina. So Notre Dame's best two prospects have each opted out. Michael Mayer is someone we'll talk about next week as the best tight end prospect in this class. Isaiah Foskey is another one of these many edge rushers. I think he's probably going to be in the first round. He's he, he's I think some people are probably a little higher on him than I have. I've seen him as high as like the top 10. I don't, I'm not quite that high on him, but he should be a first-round pick. He's a good pass rusher, too. We have not heard from Brandon Joseph. He is the safety who transferred from, I think it's Northwestern he transferred over from. And I think the idea behind that was he thought he was just going to fill in and replace Kyle Hamilton. 
it, it didn't really work. He's not he's not that good, but he, he's he's an NFL player too. Jared Patterson is an offensive lineman for them. So we haven't heard from him yet. South Carolina. Okay. So Zach Pickens had another Ed rusher. Cam Smith is an awesome watch. If you get a chance to watch Cam Smith. So that's somebody you're going to want to see. Cause I know you've mentioned, you want to see some corners for, yes. for Pittsburgh. Well, Cam, Cam Smith, Smith is going to be Joey Porter jr. Is what I got right now. That's so. right, man. Cam Smith is an awesome watch. He's one of my favorite dudes to watch. Darius rush is another corner, but not into Cam Smith's level. And then this is like, okay, let's see it. Spencer Rattler. Like some of your, he's had some opt-outs. He had some transfers. Like, can he do it? Because Notre Dame's got a pretty good defense, so hey, we'll see. Good luck. Go, go, fighting Irish. So. Then there's the game that makes no sense on on this time of year, which is the Arizona Bowl, which is Ohio and Wyoming. I have nobody for Ohio. I don't. I have. I said I have like a thousand eight hundred people. I'm or surprised something. you have someone for Wyoming. Uh, yeah, I'm really surprised by that. I'm going to go with Kale Godbout. He's a very undersized defensive tackle, but like the dude in 2021 made 70 tackles. He led the team in tackles from the defensive That's tackle position. Christian That's Wilkins r- territory, right that there. Is rare. Yeah. That is rare air. Now, extremely undersized. I do not expect him to get drafted. Like, okay. I do not expect any of these guys to get drafted, but it it's, I, I was just shocked that that game is so late in the year, but eh, never know. that's the, I keep calling that. Why is this playing here bowl? Mm-hmm. This is hey. one that should have been like, cause didn't we got ranked on ranked day one. Like day two, we got, yeah. Yeah. yeah UTSA versus really UTEP. Yeah. Uh, that, that was, or UTSA versus uh, who the hell did they play? Um, whoever it was, it was ranked on ranked, uh, that game. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, kind of surprising to see that. Wyoming has like nothing as... like half of Wyoming's best players are like either in the transfer portal or got yeah, kicked off the team. So man. that is going to be something else. Texas but... tech is beating the crap out of Ole Miss right now. I just have to mention that to you. It's 26 to seven right now. Ooh. So yeah, at halftime. So anyway, uh, that's, continue on. That's here. not great for my Quinshaw Judkins picks. Okay. Well, <laughs> we'll go on with that. Uh, now we get to some good games. So. The Orange Bowl, Tennessee and Clemson. So Cedric Tillman and Jalen Hyatt, the two receivers that we want to, well, very clearly going to talk about those guys next week. Awesome wide receivers for Tennessee, but not playing. Byron Young, another edge rusher. Like, he is great. He he looks like Khalil Mack out there. Like, just huge jacked dude for, for Tennessee. He's a transfer. I don't remember where he transferred in from. But he, I think he's planning to play. And then Hendon Hooker, we talked about not playing injured. Now, Clemson, it's... It's how many of these guys are gonna are gonna go in the top ten picks? Like they they could have three players on their defense. I'm surprised these guys are playing. Some of them still are. So Miles Murphy's opted out. He is he's gonna be right in that Jared Verse mold for me. Like right in the top three, probably edge rushers. Top top half of the first round pick at edge rusher for Miles Murphy. Trenton Simpson is I think my top rated linebacker right now. If there is a linebacker that goes first round, it's him. He's opted out now. The ones we're waiting for, Brian Brisset, we don't know. Is he going to play? Like, if he plays, he's probably right behind Jalen Carter, who we're going to talk about in a minute or five here, the second-best defensive tackle. He's a top-10 possible pick, too. And then they have more. Like, their entire front seven is a possibly NFL guys. Like, Tyler Davis is a bigger defensive tackle. I think he's going to go to the NFL draft. Rook or Horo Horo is another like another defensive tackle who doesn't – he doesn't even start for him. I mean, this is another guy who doesn't start for them, but he just rotates in, and he's awesome. And then Xavier Thomas and KJ Henry are more edge rushers. Like you can make the case that they have three guys go in the top half of the, of the first round all on their defense. That's crazy. Good and this team didn't even going. make the playoff. That's nuts. Just imagine if they had a quarterback better than DJ. Know, man. Oh, oh, DJ let's see so it. Cade. Then we go to the team, the game that shockingly nobody has opted out of, which is the sugar bowl. I so, cannot believe 
that no one has opted out of this game. I, like I, I know this is, I was talking about this on CFP winning edge with Nick and Xavier. Like mm-hmm. I think at Alabama, it has been just a, you know, if you're not in the playoff, they lost to like Utah early in Nick Saban's career. They lost to a couple other teams that they were favored mightily against. So I think this is something that Saban has worked on in the past couple of years. Cause you saw Jerry Judy uh, play in yep. the orange bowl. That didn't matter. Right. So like, um, they have had way more guys stay in play than some of these other schools have, which is surprising because, you know, you have a lot to lose, but this yep. is, this is Saban. This is uh, what he does. This is how he gets all the great recruits. So, uh, he has a silver tongue. I mean, th- there are so many players I could talk about on Alabama. I'm just going to keep it to like the top, the, the main ones, the yeah. main ones, I guess. I don't know. Obviously Bryce young is, we think he's going to go pick number one overall. If he doesn't, Will Anderson probably goes one overall instead. And both of those guys are planning to play Bryce young, the quarterback, Will Anderson, the all world edge player. Henry Toa Oto is a linebacker who transferred there from Tennessee. He's, I don't, I don't, I don't think he's as good as, as some of these other linebackers we're going to talk about. I'm, I'm probably a little lower on him than some people are. Malachi Moore is a safety. He could go in the first round. Eli Ricks transferred in as cornerback from LSU. I don't think he's a little lower for me. Jordan Battle, Brian Branch, more secondary players. And there's more. Like, I'm not talking offensive linemen for this, but they have offensive linemen that are good as usual. So it's a very good team. Kansas State on paper does not match up very well for, for against Alabama, this but not biggest spread do. in ball season, 14 yeah. and a half, I believe. Yeah. Is it really? I didn't even mm-hmm. know that. Wow. That is a big, that is a big spread for a game that late. So uh, their best, uh, we already mentioned Deuce Vaughn, probably not their best prospect. Felix and DK Uzama is their best. Ooh, pass rusher. You killed that. Thank you. That's awesome. You Another edge that. player, dude, if you need an edge, this is your draft. So if you need pass rush, there are, a lot of really good ones. And then Julius Brents, like if you got to build a cornerback in a lab, like this is Tariq Woolen, like 6'4, 205, and the dude loves to hit people. Like Julius Brents, is he fast enough? Can he shift quick enough or is he just a zone corner? Because if he's fast enough, I said this this is the Tariq Woolen body type that got him to a I think he made the Pro Bowl, didn't he, or something? Uh, as a as a rookie here. So yeah, yeah 6'4, 205, and he looks like an like he loves to tackle too. So I like I like Julius Brents. I think I was incorrect about that. I must have been thinking of the the LSU Purdue game was actually the biggest spread. I guess this one, if I'm looking right now, is actually it's only uh, six and a half in Alabama's favor. Oh, so I would take Alabama. I, I was mistaken. On that. Yeah, me <laughs> if Bryce Young's playing, take Alabama at that. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the Music City Poll is later on Saturday. Iowa and Kentucky. What does this one got? An over under of about twenty five. I mean, it's actually the lowest bowl uh, total ever. I believe it's thirty one really? and a half. Yeah. Oh man, that one I know I, I'm I'm right about because we talked about it. it is thirty one. It is actually Ooh. moved down to thirty one. So it's it's a it's going to be a low scoring game. So if you like <laughs> defense, this this is your game. So uh, also if you like really bad offense, if this you, is your game. Well, so Kentucky has Will Levis, right? We talked about Will Levis. He's out. Chris Rodriguez, we mentioned, he's out. And so they're, they're really only prospect they have going that I have for Kentucky is Tayshawn Manning. He's a guard prospect. He's going to the NFL Players Association Collegiate Bowl. He, he can play guard or tackle. He's huge. Iowa has a ton of defensive guys. All their linebackers, Jack Campbell, Justin Jacobs, Seth Benson, all are possible players. Kayvon Merriweather is their big safety. He opted out. Riley Moss is a decent corner. And then it's kind of it's kind of tight end you, right? Like And Sam Laporte is another one in that long line. He's not the Noah Fant, like get down the field tight end. He's not the George Kittle. I wouldn't say he's more of the, the Pat Fryermuth variety, which isn't like a knock, sure. right? He, Pat Fryermuth is very good too, but he's not going to go 
pick up 20 yard chunks of very often in the NFL. I don't think you're going right. to get that. Yeah. Out of Florida. If he's getting 20 yard catches there, it's because he's 18 yards downfield. So. Exactly. Right. Exactly. But good player still, right? Yeah. Yeah. Get open. So that that's a part of it. And he can block enough. I mean, I wouldn't call him a great blocker, but he can block enough. And we'll that's kind of, the- I think Laporte is probably more, a little more blocker, a little less catcher, but yeah, uh, he's right in the, in that line. So we will come back to the big two. We'll skip those two. And we'll come back okay. to them. How's that? Yeah, so good. the, the really, I don't even know how to say this. Is it the really a quest bowl? Really? Yeah. I didn't know either. I was calling it the really out the realia quest. I, don't I have no idea what that is, but Mississippi yeah. state in Illinois. So this is another one where you want to see cornerback play. Watch Emmanuel Forbes. He's awesome. He is the classic ball hawk. 14 interceptions in three seasons and six of them yeah. for touchdowns. I think it's tied for the NFL record, and he's only played three seasons. I mean, I already know this guy is a stealer because Tomlin loves big plays on defense. Uh, he came up as a DB coach. So, yeah. uh, it, it's, I mean, you, you should have you seen the clips of him with uh, Tampa Bay? when they were uh, picking off the Raiders in the Super Bowl when he was oh, like, like an intern. Or something. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll try to find it. But yeah, he was losing it. No, so. yeah. So, I mean, Forbes is awesome. Like, he's just, he's so sticky. Now, he takes he takes some chances, but hey, he gets a lot of turnovers. Tyrus Weed is another defender for Mississippi State. He, he can blitz. Like, he's a big-time blitzer. They got him from, I think it was the Division II level as a transfer in a couple of years ago. And then I mentioned he's a, er, last week, Devon Witherspoon for Illinois is another first-round cornerback prospect, but he's not playing. He opted out. We mentioned Chase Young. I don't think he's playing either. So, Illinois, little little shorthanded going up against a pretty good Mississippi State team who's going to try to be avenging or honoring <laughs> their coach. Not avenging, but honoring yeah. their coach, I should say, here. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. the Cotton Bowl. Tulane and USC, we talked Ty J Spears, but he's he's their best prospect as the running back. Sincere Hainsworth, Dorian Williams. Hainsworth's another center prospect, but he just is really tiny and he kind of uses like he uses it to his advantage. He looks like a wrestler who kind of gets under people and pushes them back. Dorian Williams I, is an it, Kendrick Green has solved me on uh, small centers. Never again. Oh, so dude. that's uh, I mean, that was such was a bad so pick, terrible. Though. Yeah, like, I awesome. don't know why they took Kendrick Green that like we're not taking Simpson Harris right in the first <laughs> round. I don't know why they took Kendrick Green that high. It, well, that was on my Steelers podcast. So like when they're talking about him, they're like, I don't know. He's on the ground a lot in his yes. college tape. And then yes. in the pros, he was almost exclusively on the ground. He ate a lot of dirt. I don't even know. I was still on the Steelers roster, but you know, I don't know whatever. if he is either. Uh, Dorian Williams is a linebacker for Tulane. He gets sideline to sideline, but can he cover? He's going to have to. Is Caleb Williams playing in this game? Do we know? Yeah, he said if he is healthy enough, he is for sure playing. Okay. Uh, but I can't imagine that he plays. Like, yeah, there's just too much to to lose in a game that doesn't matter. I mean, it is the Rose Bowl, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't expect him to play. Jordan Addison opted out. He's not playing. Travis Dye is injured. We didn't talk about Travis Dye with running backs. He's he's kind of short. He's kind of. He could catch the ball though, so he, he'll probably carve out an NFL role. I think he'll probably get drafted. He was at Oregon, he went to USC, but I don't I think for sure he gets drafted. He he put enough on film, I think. Yeah, I, I think get he gets drafted. drafted. I don't know if he'll yeah. be he's got to prove that injury is healthy too. So we'll see. Uh Tuli Tui Pol who I'm gonna miss this one up. Tuli Tui Polotoi is a defensive <laughs> tackle. 12 and a half sacks this past season. He can rush the passer, he's done it twice. And then they have Makai Blackman, who is a cornerback prospect who transferred in from Colorado. He never got targeted at, at Colorado. Like the numbers look terrible. Like, like, does this guy even on the field? But they never even threw the ball at him. So he got to USC and then there was talent on the other side. 
he finally got some targets and he, he delivered like he got, I think he had three picks this past year and he made a ton of tackles. So he's an interesting one. Uh, LSU and Purdue, Jerry Jenkins, BJ Jalari and Jay Ward are the opt outs. So Jerry Jenkins is a wide receiver. Now Keisha and Boutte is an opt out too. And uh, BJ Jalari, his brother Aziz plays pass rusher for the Giants, I think. Giants. Yeah, he's so, good too. Yeah, and but BJ is better. Yeah, BJ is so. another, I said, just tons of edge options in this class. And Mikai Garner is a cornerback, opted out but, or excuse me, has declared, but is still playing. So we'll see what he can offer. Purdue, I talked about the opt-outs last week. Aiden O'Connell is the quarterback. Charlie Jones is a receiver. Payne Durham, tight end, and Corey Trice. Of the players left, Jalen Graham playing linebacker is probably the most interesting, but I wouldn't necessarily plan on him getting drafted. Penn State versus Utah, which should be an awesome game. Fun Penn, game, yeah. Penn State, Parker Washington, who is the slot receiver who's He's the one that if I was really saying there's like a Debo Samuel type of prospect, it's probably Parker Washington. Joey Porter Jr., that's your corner. He is opted out, not playing. The best one that they still have playing is Jair Brown for the NFL. Like you look at him, you're like, okay, well, he's he's not that special, but he's just he's just constantly around the ball. He's made nine interceptions the past couple of years. He has three sacks as a safety position. He, he's just he's good. Like you're not gonna look at him and say, Well, this guy's flying all over the field, but when you watch the film, he shows up. Utah, another awesome corner prospect, Clark Phillips, but he's opted out. I think Clark Phillips is probably a first-round pick, too. There's yeah. There could be five or six corners taken in the first round. That's how good this one is. Uh, Tavion Thomas isn't playing. He's a running back. He's another big one, kind of like Dwayne McBride. I don't know how fast. He could run very slow. I'm not sure how fast he's going to run, but if he runs, he might not get drafted if he runs as slow as I think it's possible. Dalton Kincaid, good tight end. Cam Rising, late round quarterback option. Didn't talk about him last week. I think he might go. I'm not sure he has to go to the NFL. I think he might go back. And Muhammad Diabite isn't like I thought he would be better. I thought he would transfer in and replace Devin Lloyd from Florida yeah. and just fill in. But he was okay, but he wasn't what I was hoping for when he came from Florida. I was like, okay, this is just going to be great. And it was fine. It wasn't great. So kind of got knocked down a little bit for me. He'll get drafted, but we'll see. And then the nah. big two, right? Yeah, the big two games, the games that no one's opting out of. Okay. These so, they should be a lot of fun. TCU and Michigan has less NFL prospects than the other game. So we'll start with yes. that one. TCU, Michigan has less NFL prospects. Quentin Johnson, huge receiver, probably going to be the first receiver drafted in the NFL draft. We'll talk about him next week. Darius Davis, smaller NFL, smaller receiver, much more the kick returner, punt returner, 5'9", 168, he's lifted, listed at. Uh, Steve Avila is an inside guard center prospect. He's been, he was playing center. He's playing guard. Now Noah Daniels at corner for TCU is probably the fastest cornerback in the draft. He's oh, wow. Flies okay. around, but he's not necessarily, he's got terrible, like he has terrible mechanics and how he does it. He lets guys get by him and then he just uses his speed to catch up. Mm. Now they also have another, a better cornerback, but he's, ridiculously small so trevius hodges tomlinson is you mentioned ladanian he's, he's ladanian's nephew i think yeah. and like he is an awesome cornerback like he will get up in your face and press you but he is 5'8 and 175 like he is tiny but he is going to get like he will fight for every if i'm remembering correctly I, I think he had a tough time against worthy Did he, he could have well he's gonna have uh, then then we'll see how he does in this one because he's gonna have some receivers against him uh yeah. michigan Michigan's receivers, Roman Wilson and Ronnie Bell, it's kind of like uh, Nico Collins with Houston, right, where he didn't have a ton of 
college production because Michigan just they just run the ball a lot. Yeah. Like and Nico Collins is an okay NFL prospect and Roman Wilson and Ronnie Bell, like they don't have hardly any college production. I but... really like Ronnie Bell. He did tear his knee first game of last season, the mm-hmm. 2021 season. Uh, but I'm with you, man. The, these are guys that are underutilized in Michigan, and these are big time recruits too. But they run the ball a thousand times. I mean, they just started coming out of, you know, our boy John Lobb used to call it the Neanderthal caveman offense of run, 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 pass, you know. Uh, so they just are coming out of that, which is why they probably made the playoff two years in a row. Uh, but uh, yeah, definitely underutilized in Michigan. Yeah, I want to see, I want to see how, like, I want to see how Hodges Tomlinson does against, like, Ronnie Bell's six foot and he's, he's very fast. He's explosive with the ball when he does get it. So th- that should be the best, like, draft matchup is to watch him versus some of the receivers now mozzie smith i think he's the one that can climb he's a pass rusher for michigan kind of like rashawn gary and david ajobo who didn't have a whole lot of college production and then they each rashawn gary got picked what 12 overall and ajabu had the, the achilles tear which caused him to drop but he's finally playing so good for him i think mozzie smith will climb now he's going to have to answer him being a moron earlier this year and driving what was it like he was going to a gun range and he forgot to put his gun away and he got pulled over and he got arrested so yeah it was a felony gun weapons charge but he so he had to go in front of a judge and the judge had to prove for him to travel because when you get a felony weapons charge you're not allowed to leave the state so uh, basically all this was was he is going to get registered to to carry and didn't yet got pulled over with the gun in the car so it was you know it's really stupid, but it was somewhat innocent, still dumb. I'm not excusing him, but it's not like he wasn't, uh, you know, no, uh, fleeing the scene of a crime or anything. This was just something that uh, he's going to have you know, like NFL teams are going to want yeah. to talk to him about that, though, and say, like, yes. dude, do you know what you're doing here? Like, so, but otherwise, yeah. I, he's very talented. <laughs> like, he gets off the edge. He's this isn't Aiden Hutchinson, but but he's another pass rusher. Michigan has a ton of these guys. They have linemen. I could have talked about it's possible they have a first round pit tackle out there. So Michigan's a good team. Michigan's a deeper team for NFL talent than TCU, which is what you'd expect. Like this is a, a blue broad program. And then the other one has two blue broad programs like Ohio State and Georgia. These are <laughs> two of the best teams in college football every year. Ohio State, Jackson Smith and Jig was injured. So he will not be playing. This is CJ Stroud's chance. I we knocked him got last to make week. it up. Yeah, this is his chance. Like you're going to go up against the best defense in college football. And can you can you show that when you're under pressure or that you can step up in the pocket and, and hit a good receiver? Or are you going to freak out back there? Because this is it. The, the, the combine. I know you can throw the ball when no one's guarding you. Like I know you can do that. So can you do it against Georgia? Now, if you want to watch offensive line play, Ohio State has two first round offensive tackle prospects paris johnson dewan jones paris johnson is more technically sound dewan jones is a massive human being i don't i don't know what i have i'd have to pull up my spreadsheet here to see what i have him listed at but he is huge and he stands out which on an ohio state field i have him listed at three eight or six eight three sixty which is off of ohio state's roster so huge man and yeah he's gonna be he's gonna have his hands full though i don't know if is nolan smith playing do we know no no, Nolan Smith no is not playing. So, yeah. okay, so. Uh, well, uh, he's been out the whole year. So, yeah. uh, you know, they kind of play that coy and everything, but I would not expect him to play. So my question with Georgia is last year, they had five first round players. I think Trayvon Walker, Jordan Davis, Quay Walker, Devante Wyatt, and Louis Cena, I think were all first round picks last year. Can <laughs> they match it again? Like, I think they got four pretty easy. So Jalen Carter is going to go 
very high. He's a top yeah. five pick. He is unbelievable. It's an inside interior pass rusher. He's, I mean, if you, if you think that there's a prospect who's you know, Aaron Donald, not that's a hall of famer, but like uh, an impact defensive tackle who can rush the passer. This is it. Jalen Carter is a better prospect than Jordan Davis was last year or Devante Wyatt, who were first round picks. Jalen Carter is better than both of those two. Nolan Smith is an edge rusher. You said he might not, he's probably not going to play. He is another first round pick. Keely yeah. Ringo, another uh, cornerback. He is the, if Emmanuel Forbes takes chances, Keely Ringo does it times two. Like he is the Trayvon Diggs corner. Like he is going to get burned sometimes, but he will Marcus make um, Peters, plenty of yes, those guys. Yeah. Yes. He is the cornerback who will get a ton of picks, but he's, he might get toasted deep too. This yeah. is a good matchup for him. I, I wish it'll be good to see him against Marvin Harrison jr. Now we're not talking Marvin Harrison, but he's an awesome receiver prospect for next year. <laughs> uh, Broderick Jones is a first round pick at offensive line. And then can like Darnell Washington play his way into the first round? Cause if so, they could match five first rounders again at Georgia. That's how good this team crazy, is. crazy. Yeah. Uh, so many prospects, uh, a lot of bowls to go through. I mean, it is going to be a fun week for uh, everyone. So excited. A fun weekend. It, it's going to be a ton of uh, football watching for everyone. So uh, is that it? We, we covered it all. We got we? them all. All right. Well, Look, another long episode. I hope you guys are enjoying these. Remember, you can follow us on Twitter at Bogman Sports for myself. Uh, not doing much on Fantasy Pros in terms of uh, content um, right now, but I will say that the Dynasty Pod with uh, myself and Pat Smith Morris uh, is going to come back in the next week or so, we're expecting. So uh, be on the lookout for that. Obviously, the ITL Fantasy Football uh, Podcast will be having one more episode to finish out the year to tell you how everything went uh, for us. Not me. I'm out of all my games. So uh, just super frustrating. But um, CK, what do you got coming up? You can find me, follow me online at C-O-P-I-E-P-S. I took this week off from the Daily Five. That'll return next week where I'd cover five sports stories in about five minutes or less. And then you can check me out for baseball on the heater podcast. And otherwise I'm just watching a lot of football and taking notes, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's going to be uh, a ton of fun. Like I said, hope you guys enjoy it. And once again, if you guys have any questions at Bogman sports at C O P I E P S for C K and uh, we will see you guys next week. Good luck in your fantasy championships. Right. Take it easy. Everyone enjoy your new years and be safe. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice 
the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.